to Podette, the bite-sized podcast for business owners ready to start or grow their own podcast and attract more clients through the power of audio. I'm Tours, ex-television professional turned podcaster. Podette is brought to you by my company Podcastology, where we help ambitious business owners just like you create a show that's a strategic content marketing asset so you can get heard and get paid. Now grab a cuppa and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss our latest mini episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Let's get started. Hello, hello. You're listening to episode 33 of Podette. When I was spending all those months trying to figure out what kind of podcast I wanted to launch for my podcasting production company, Podcastology, interviews were one of the first things I thought of. As with most businesses launching a podcast, I needed something that would help listeners solve a problem they had with my niche. And for a while there, I thought that interviewing podcasters would be the way to go. But there's a lot of misconceptions out there about the interview format and how it can help podcasters, and I hold my hand up and say I fell into the same trap too. Well, kinda. You see, I'd always planned to include solo episodes for reasons I'll be sharing at the end of this episode, but as you may have heard me say before, I love a balanced viewpoint so you can make an informed decision. Let's start by clarifying some of those misconceptions about interview shows and dive into the pros and cons of the format. By the way, if you're wondering what format to choose and want to know what the other six are, check out episode 22 where I go through all of them. I'm pretty sure you already know what an interview show sounds like. There's a very good chance that the podcaster you admire and that set the podcasting flame alive in you has an interview show format. You can't really look over Apple's podcast offerings without tripping over more interview shows than not. It's a tried and tested format that works. If you do it right. And a lot of big podcasting names in the online business space use this format well. But it's not the easiest. Although that's myth number one right there. And it's definitely not the only way you can choose to go with your podcast, which is probably the real myth number one. What this format is, though, is oversaturated, making it harder for you and your podcast to stand out. So let's start with the real myth number one. As I mentioned just a second ago, there's actually seven different podcasting formats you can choose from, and all of them have their advantages and disadvantages. The interview format is no different. If you've been worried about using the interview format and thought it was the only option available to you, good news! you've got six other formats to choose from. But as I said in episode 22, when I went through each of the formats, just because you've started with one format doesn't mean you can't change. Just because I've created a solo show where you only get me on the mic doesn't mean I can't throw in the odd episode in a different format or change that format up completely. I'm telling you this because I don't want you to think that this episode is just for the people who haven't launched yet and doesn't apply to you. It can and should if you've already launched and aren't happy with the format of your show. Changing your mind is always an option and that doesn't just go for podcasting. Life lesson right there. Okay, pep talk over. Let's chat about the belief that interviewing people is far easier than creating solo episodes. 
From what I've heard, this mostly seems to be because people think they can hide behind their guest, that because they won't be front and centre and having to do all the talking, it'll make podcasting easier. I'm sorry, but this, darling, is a lie. While there are certainly benefits to the interview format, there are a lot of headaches that come with it too, mostly because so much of it is dependent on someone else, your interviewee. First, there's the traditional dance of finding a suitable date and time you can both make, usually across time zones. Even with a calendar scheduling tool like Calendly, it can go horribly wrong. Guests book themselves in and then reschedule five minutes before you're due to record. Guests book themselves in and then cancel and don't reschedule. Guests book themselves in and then just don't show up. If you're a new podcaster, then you won't have the luxury of designating a single day a month to record your episodes in, not unless you've built a huge and loyal audience on a different platform. Or your Oprah. Now let's imagine you get on a call with your guest. From now on, your entire episode relies on your guest being interesting enough and charismatic enough to carry the episode for you, which, unfortunately, isn't always the case. Also, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you can do all the research you want and sometimes people just don't click in an interview situation and you're never going to know that until you press record. But let's chat about the research quickly, as I've just brought it up. It's vital and I do mean vital, that you're agreeing to guests coming onto your show that are going to provide something of value to your audience. Do not make my past mistake and agree to guests just because you need a guest in order to have an episode to put out. That's not necessarily going to make for good content, although sometimes you do get a nice surprise. You really want to avoid anything that's not going to give your listeners a good experience because you lessen the likelihood that they'll come back not really our plan for our podcasts. I mentioned this in a recent episode, but my interview learning curve involved actors and actresses from TV shows I was working on at the time. You may even have heard of them. Doctor Who, Torchwood, Merlin. My first ever interview was when I was on location for Merlin and I hadn't known I was going to be asked to do it before I arrived on set. So there was no research. There wasn't even really a lot of knowledge about interviewing, because being on set wasn't my normal job, just a treat for good behaviour. What I was lucky enough to have was training in communication, which leads me to one of the biggest headaches of all around interviewing. It's a skill that needs to be learned. I don't think I ended up doing too badly in that first interview, but I don't think we used any of the footage in our show, even though I wasn't going to be seen or heard because interviewing has a learning curve, and I was just at the start of mine. While I was at the BBC, one of our directors used to turn up on set and ask the actors and actresses what he thought were questions. Unfortunately for him, the more inexperienced the interviewee, the worse his answers were, and he regularly tore his hair out at the footage he came back with. This is because he'd say things like, so, it's your last day on set and then wonder why he didn't get very good answers. (laughs) Interviewing is partly about learning how to communicate the answer you want by asking the question best place to get it for you, but if you don't know where you want the interview to go, if you don't know where you can take the interviewee, then you run the risk of monosyllabic, boring or off-topic interviews that your audience won't want to listen to. Also, it kind of helps if you phrase it as a question, unlike this director. And if your interviewee is inexperienced, your job can become a lot harder. 
Structuring your questions to get the best answer and knowing what you want your audience to take away means knowing a bit more about who you're interviewing than their name, job title and business name. This is a hill I will die on, but I also don't mean to throw stones at anyone who's not quite there yet with their interviewing. This is why I say it's a skill that needs to be learned. So keep going and keep learning, but do your research so you can figure out where your guests can take your episode if you can just ask the right questions. At the very least, figure out what those questions will be before you get on the call with your guest. You don't have to use them all. The conversation may end up steering you somewhere else, but at least you've got them in your back pocket to help you if things start to go pear-shaped. One of the other things you can do, which is another thing I learned from working in telly, is a chemistry test with all your guests. Get on a Zoom call before you schedule in the episode and have a chat. Does it feel easy? Like, are they easy to talk to? Can you have a bit of a giggle? Only once you've had that initial chat do you let them book in for the actual interview and anyone that you feel wouldn't be a good fit, you can let them go so you can focus on guests that you do jive with. The more research you do, the easier these chemistry tests can feel, but they're super helpful in making sure you and your potential guest can actually carry a conversation in an engaging way without wasting a lot of time for you both and resulting in an interview you don't want to share with your audience. There is no shame in saying no to someone after a chemistry test. It's down to you to protect the integrity and quality of your show. So take that responsibility seriously. A word of warning though. Sometimes having that record button on can change the dynamics of a conversation and someone you gelled with perfectly fine in a chemistry call will be a bloody awful interviewee. There's nothing you can do about this except try to salvage the situation, either by compensating for them through your own opinions and personality, or by leaning heavily into your interviewing skills to try to get them to soften up a little. Nerves can kill a good conversation dead, so learning how to help other people overcome theirs can be a big help. Okay, now that I've destroyed all your dreams about how wonderful an interview format show is, let me tell you about the advantages, because it's not all bad, despite how horrible I've just made them sound. Given how oversaturated the interview format is, being able to land big name or pedigree guests can instantly help your business and podcast stand out. There has to be a little something in it for them, obvs, or why else would they agree to come onto your show, but it's a great way to help your show compete. They're also low on post-production needs. Maybe some ums, ahs and crutch words need removing. Some of the content may need a bit of tightening up for pacing, but generally the content remains exactly as it is beyond the normal background noise removal and levelling and such that an episode should normally go through. This makes them pretty easy to put together from an editing perspective anyway, which also means that outsourcing them may not be as expensive as you think. By the way, if you're looking to outsource your podcast's editing, check out our editing services by heading over to podcastology.co forward slash edit. We're extremely affordable, even for mini episodes like Podets. Interview shows also open up your podcast to new ideas, viewpoints and opinions in a way that a solo show like this one won't. It's one of the reasons I advocate for bringing in interviews, even if your show is predominantly a solo show, because variety isn't just the spice of life, but of podcasting too. Yes, you can take that as a very unsubtle hint that at some point you'll hear voices on this show other than mine. I'm just extremely picky about who I'll bring on and why. 
But that does lead me into myth number three that I want to dispel, which is how your guests will help your podcast grow. That used to be the way of things, but alas, times they are a changing, and that's just not the way of things anymore. And I'd apologise for getting Bob Dylan stuck in your head, but it's an awesome song, so sorry, not sorry. An interview is not a surefire way to get the word about your podcast out into the wider world. Your guests are not obligated to share their episode of your podcast with their audience, particularly if they're not sharing anything new that their audience won't have heard before. And if you try to make it obligatory, you may find it difficult to get good guests. Remember those interviewing skills and that research requirement? This is another reason why they help. If your reason for choosing this format is because you think it'll help you grow quicker, then I'm afraid you're in for a rude awakening. That is not how you best leverage interview shows. Instead, this is your opportunity to build a relationship with your guest that creates enough of a rapport that they invite you in front of their audience through their own content, not yours. Let me repeat that in case you're multitasking and missed it, because this is probably the most important takeaway you can have around the interview format. Are you listening? Okay, here it comes. Leveraging your guest means building a relationship with them so you can get yourself invited in front of their audience through your guest's content, not yours. Which sounds extremely mercenary when I say it out loud, but it's really how networking and relationship building works. Your goal is to create a relationship that allows your guests to see the value of putting you in front of their audience via their own podcast, videos, blog, programs or courses as a guest expert. That's how you really leverage your interview show. Have I just blown your mind? Good. You're welcome. One final myth to bust before I leave you to chew over what I've shared, like the big black cow in the park opposite my house who keeps escaping from the field across the river. The interview format does not let you off the hook of sharing your opinions, especially if it's going to be the only format you use. You still need to find ways to share your expertise, to position yourself as an expert, even if you're not the expert on the topic your guest is talking about. A super simple way to do this is to mix up the formats you're using to include regular solo format episodes where it's just you and your opinions on the mic. But if you're adamant about using the interview format and only the interview format, then figure out how to bring your expertise into it or your podcast will struggle to support your business. Because here's the thing. People listen to your podcast for you, not your guests. There's a dozen different podcasts every single one of your guests could be on and probably have been, but only one of them has you as a host. So give your audience what they're coming to you for a little more of you, your opinions, thoughts, and expertise, so your podcast can do its job properly. So let's recap. Interview shows are not as easy as you may think. You need to learn to interview, for one. Do your research, but don't expect your guests to share your episode as it's unlikely to provide value for their audience, at least until you've got interviewing down and can consistently create episodes that tease out new ideas, opinions, and trainings from your guests. Leverage interviews properly by using it to kickstart a relationship with your guests that you can convert into invitations to go in front of their audience through their content. Chemistry calls can help weed out those people who you just don't jive with. And there's no shame in this, by the way. We all have people we struggle to connect with. It's part of being human. 
Put systems and processes in place to help you manage the juggling of schedules to get your interviews booked in. And if you need some help with that, keep an eye on the shop on my website, podcastology.co, as I'm going to be sharing the automated guest onboarding I used to use in my old podcasts, complete with email swipe files. And I'm going to be launching episode templates you can use to help shape your episodes to ensure they help your ideal listener and your business and, you know, make it easy for you to create them. I have one for solo episodes and I have one for interview shows. Hit me up on Instagram and let me know what format you prefer. And if you're an interview show, how are you managing all the moving pieces? You can find me at Podcastology. I would love to hear all about it. And if you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode too, please do share it with them. I'm all about helping more women get heard and get paid and would love your help on reaching more people. Thanks for listening. The show notes are over at podcastology.co in case you want to check out any resources mentioned or get more info on how we can support you and your podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. It'll help me help more people get heard and get paid. Remember, new episodes will be dropping every Tuesday and Thursday, so hit subscribe to never miss one. Catch you next time.